thyself is dedicated to the exploration of the most rewarding task an individual can ever embark on, the journey to find oneself. Our intention is to investigate the universal principles that have equipped our species to seek the treasure of all treasures, self-knowledge. With your host, Daniel Pawinski and Eduardo Manteca, this is the Know Thyself Podcast. All right, so welcome back to the Know Thyself Podcast. I'm Eduardo Manteca here with Daniel Pawinski. Hello. And uh, very excited to talk about today's topic. Okay, so today's topic will be the hero's journey. I know we spoke a little bit about how we're going to go into this topic and then touch base like we always do about this in other episodes that are... um, are to come, you know, and especially when we do the Star Wars episode, this will better help understand this actual, uh, this meaning, this, this hero's journey that we're going to be going into today. And one of the things that, you know, we want to describe about the hero's journey is what, um, how it's really broken down by Joseph Campbell and, and also the influence from, from other people like Carl Jung and really just the origin of the hero's story and then a breakdown of each of the steps within the hero's journey. Now, it can be broken down into several steps, as I've learned, but we'll be doing the 12 steps that most people are familiar with. And I will go ahead and give a brief description of each and then have Daniel, as he does so eloquently, describe each one um, in, a, in a deeper fashion. Um, you know, and one of the things I want to start off by saying with regards to Joseph Campbell's a great quote that sort of encompasses the hero's journey is, as he says, you know, follow your bliss and the universe will open doors where there were only walls. And I think that's something that we should consider, you know, follow your bliss and the universe will open doors where there were only walls. And of course, a lot of us will be familiar with the hero's journey from just popular movies and folklore from, um, you know, ancient times. And I think this is why it is actually something that can really be relatable to the inner transformation or what it means to live a fully realized life and, and go from there. So, um, without further ado, once again, I'll make sure that we pass this on to Daniel and take a deeper dive into the hero's journey. Daniel. All right, man. Well, like always great introduction. And, um, yeah, I love how you, um, you know, you really kind of set the parameters because you're right. Joseph Campbell's really the one that's going to kind of organize this work. Um, Carl Jung has a huge influence in it as well. But Joseph Campbell is what he's going to do is really kind of organize it into really kind of digestible information. So we're going to kind of reference him. But again, this is the this story goes back throughout all of human civilization. So we're going to see a lot of in- interesting, interesting perspective on this story. Um, and again, today's kind of like you brought up, we're all kind of trying to organize this information for future episodes. So, you know, one thing we're really doing, and again, this is only the 15th podcast, so we're still kind of making that foundational knowledge, but just to kind of establish a common language. So as we go forward and we really start looking at popular media, like movies and books, we'll all have that same common language moving forward. So when we say a term, you actually have the correlate, the proper correlation to understand that term and see its application. So again, this is 
most of this information that you hear today is going to be pretty self-evident. Nothing's really going to be new to you. It's going to be more, let's just kind of get a common language and a common understanding down so we can really start breaking down the movies and everything such like that. Um, So the hero's journey is really, um, you know, if we were, one thing we kind of started looking at last week was cycles. Um, The hero's journey is really just a cycle. So kind of like that idea of as above, so below. Last week, we almost investigated a macro cycle. So a large cycle. We looked at the 60-year renaissance of human civilizations, and we also looked at the zodiac calendar of the great platonic platonic year. So again, we were kind of looking at large universal cycles last week. And what we're going to examine today is more of a small, independent micro cycle. Okay, so if we're comparing this to the tarot deck, Last week would almost be the major arcana, and then this week will be more the minor arcana. This is really going to kind of focus on the self, but really we're going to see that the implication of this hero's journey really plays a part in defining what happens in the macro journey. So as above, so below, so below as above, right? So we're really going to look at today this micro cycle um, of the hero's journey and really kind of correlate how the microcycle and the ability for us to complete the microcycle um, correctly really determines the health of the macrocycle. So the small really determines the health of the large. And we're going to kind of look at that. And we know this because large changes must start as a small independent change first, right? That's why this mm-hmm. podcast is called Know Thyself. We are very aware that there's no change in this world that's going to happen until we really look in the mirror, reflect on ourselves and change ourselves. And then from there, we will kind of collapse the waves and create the five cent experience that we're looking for. So we know that the best thing that we can do to improve this world is to find ourselves and raise ourselves up in proper consciousness of love and truth um, and continue that climb and really never stop on that climb because Again, this is not a linear thing. This is more of a cycle. And as you complete one cycle, you just get ready to really start that next cycle. Okay? We we speak a lot in this podcast about the musical notes. Um, and this is a great analogy for life. So as you travel this up the musical notes, you get to the seventh note. On that eighth note, you reach a new octave. Okay? And that's like a great way to look at how this cycle works. So although you complete that journey and you get to the highest note, you restart on the next lowest note, but you're in a new higher frequency, right? right? So that's going to be really important as we kind of look at this because we really want to be aware of the cycles and the idea that this journey is never going to stop. And, you know, we're going to kind of get into it that there's certain times you play different parts in that journey, but we really just want to understand that, you know, every time you complete the hero cycle, you raise group consciousness, Okay, so the expansion of the individual consciousness leads to the expansion of group consciousness. And that's really what's so important about this understanding. So every time we complete this cycle and we get, we raise ourselves in consciousness, it raises the bar for everybody else's potential. So every time you move up, you raise myself's potential, you raise Eddie's potential, and every other sovereign individual in this world. So we we kind of underestimate the uh, the importance of personal growth and character development because you know we kind of focus on how do i change this world and how do i make everything better but again 
you know, the ancients have told us this, and all the great philosophers have told us, it starts with us. It starts with you. It starts with me. Um, and we really want to define what a hero is, kind of reflect on that, and then start that process ourselves. So um, every culture and every age of every time is going to have heroes. So, and in this hero journey, we're always going to have like a, a journey aspect, which is very important. The individual is going to go away from safety, away from comfort, and then return home as a higher individual. So this hero's journey really tells us something about ourselves. It really tells us that, you know, we are all heroes struggling to accomplish our adventure. So let me repeat that. We are all heroes struggling to accomplish our adventure. So we engage in a series of struggles to develop as individuals and to better understand the universe and this our significant role within the universe. So the hero's journey is symbolic of psychological change, spiritual change, and even it's going to be physical change. Um, and really what these hero myths are, are they're going to kind of share a common pattern. So that's kind of what we're going to be looking at today. So just like we're learning about as above, so below with this microcosm we're speaking about, this monomyth really is going to come down to pattern recognition. Um, and this pattern recognition is really going to be retold in these stories. And so you start to relate the patterns of your life with the many stories that you've been told. So you can see the signs and you can kind of respond to the call of action. So again, we have all these alchemical hermetic principles are starting to reshow themselves. One, we have as above, so below. We're definitely going to see the impact of the law of mentalism. Um, but really what we're looking at is pattern recognition and starting to relate the patterns of our life with the many stories that we've been told. Um, because the hero myth is a pattern of transformation. Okay, So it's a pattern of transformation to really alert to us when it is time for us to begin that journey. And this is really why this this story has been told since the beginning of time, um, and it's always retold to every civilization, every group, and every culture, because we all need to kind of go on that her hero's journey if we're going to raise the consciousness. And one thing that we um, also kind of want to identify that's so important in this aspect of learning the hero's journey, and this is something that Eddie and I just spoke about, um, is within this hero's journey, we're going to speak a lot about archetypes. And that's just kind of the, um, almost like this base form, and you're going to see archetypes all the way in your life. Um, so we're going to see various archetypes like the sage, the mother, the lover, the magician, that's going to kind of come up in this hero's journey. Um, and the importance of that for the individual is not only do you have your own journey, which is your hero's journey, but you are a key player in everyone else's journey. Okay, so yes, so that pattern recognition comes into importance to not only see when your hero's journey, when you're having this call to action, or when you have to, you know, you have to face up against an evil, you also have to recognize your role and other individuals, her hero's journeys, because we play all the roles, the roles. So we play the hero, we play the sidekick, we play the fool, we play the hermit. Um, and for the evolution of consciousness to expand, it's just as important for us to recognize our own hero's journey, as well as our role 
and situation in other people's heroes' journeys. So again, we we travel so many miles and places that kind of come face to faces with ourselves. And this is really why Joseph Campbell called it the many faced God, because you know, you it is very important that you actually be that sidekick for that individual. You might not be on the hero's journey at a certain time in your life, or you might be on your own journey, but at the same time, you might be the sage or you might be the hermit to help provide mentorship to maybe a younger individual in your life. You might be playing that mother archetype, okay? So it's just as important for us to understand the archetype of the hero as it is the other parts that are going to help funnel that hero into the success of their journey. So um, again, we really want to be on a really kind of have a keen eye on patterns of transformation because again, where it's not just for our own hero's journey, but also to be that active, positive participant in other people's hero's journey. Because remember, y- your completion of the hero's journey is going to benefit me. My completions of the hero's journey is going to be- benefit you. So the more people we can positively get on this cycle, growing their consciousness, raising their character, raising their vibration is going to raise the consciousness of the entire group. So we really want to, again, be looking at these patterns of transformation even beyond just the hero's journey and seeing where you can play a part and where you might be impeding on somebody else's hero's journey, which is it's a very easy thing to do. You know, not seeing actually that this is you. how many times do we kind of control other people's lives because it's not exactly our definition of it, right? Well, really, maybe we should just be that sage who's there to give support or that motherly energy. How do you become the best father, you know? How do you become the best sidekick, you know? We've all been in that situation before. It's not always just about us. A lot of times it's about, you know, it's about this entire unified consciousness. So really to be able to recognize these patterns and all the various patterns that are going to make themselves apparent is going to be very important. So this experience we confront with when we leave our comfort zone of our perceived reality is kind of where this starts. And this this is really just a journey to align ourselves closer to truth um, and to really uncover a deeper side of our subconscious. And one of the big aspects we want to kind of be aware of is that throughout this hero's journey, one of the big things we want to pull away with is the individual is not the same from the beginning to the end, and there's a transformation, there's character growth. Um, and it's really important that the um, individual gains a new perspective, a closer alignment to truth, um, which you could almost say a higher perspective. And true storytelling is what kind of presented this, and this is why the great stories kind of give us such a uh, important aspect. But um, that's just kind of a quick little introduction but again, it's a, it's kind of a pattern of transformation we're looking for today. Right, right. No, I think um, what you said about the the archetypes and and the archetypes of the unconscious, you know, are important to consider all all those archetypes, including your own um, your own position in someone else's journey. That's something that's very important to to know because it's easy to read into the hero's journey as a personal. Uh, experience, which we will talk about that. We'll talk about experiences we've had in that. But I also know a lot more experiences where I've had to be the player in someone else's journey and I've been happy to do it because once you figure out what it really was that you were supposed to be doing, and as Daniel already said, and what we were trying to do with this podcast is to raise everyone else's consciousness. 
you know, to a higher frequency to that mm-hmm. next octave, as you said, I think that's so great that you really describe that. Cause I think some, some resources you can find about the hero's journey will kind of narrow it down to like play into just the lore of it. And I think that's great. It's a fun, it's a fun story and we'll get into that. Um, but I, I really do think what you said is, is very important and important for our listeners to consider is you may already have gone to, to through one of these cyclical passages in your hero's journey, but were you aware of what your position was for someone else's journey along the way? And that's something that Daniel brought to light to me uh, through these conversations that made me realize like, Oh, of course there's those moments where it's not about you. It's about all of us always, but also recognizing when you're supposed to be, you know, that, that person for the individual going through that journey. And so the journey can be broken down into, um, into these 12 steps that, that Joseph Campbell will describe that you can find out for yourself. There's also the way that it's broken down into these four um, descriptions, which are the four that I'm about to um, present, which is separation, um, descent, uh, the ordeal, and then the return. But we're going to go a little deeper and do the 12 steps. And as I said, when the podcast um, began, is that I will just describe briefly which um which of these steps we're we're talking about and and daniel will take a deeper dive into what the meaning behind it is so we're going to start right away with you know going from the ordinary world into that special world okay so the versions of ourselves that is a a lesser version of ourself you know a smaller version of ourself and and wanting to know more because we know inside or within that there is more to life right Mm -hmm. we know there's more to life and we want to step into what um, Joseph Campbell or even Carl Jung might say, which is stepping into the unconscious, right? So like really trying to figure out where is this going to lead me and what is beyond what I've been told, okay? And we're, we're going to want to take on that quest. And so if you want to take it from here uh, with that first step. Yeah, absolutely. Um and again, that, that first step that we're really looking at right now is that, that the first of the four is that ordinary world. Um, this is going to be unique when you're, when you're kind of seeing this. So again, this is going to be kind of give you a lens and you're going to be able to go through like every other movie of your childhood. Like this past weekend, um, we kind of like, it's, it's like really hot in Arizona right now. So there's nothing you really can do outside. Um, so we've been watching a lot of movies and we went through and I watched Willow for the first time. I watched the never ending story for the first time. I think I was like too scared as a kid to watch that movie. (laughs) I think it was like the dog, but I saw it for the first time today or this week and, um, loved it. It was again, the hero's journey was very, you know, very prominent in it. Um, and I don't think I would have understood it as a child anyway. So it's probably good that I waited. Uh, but yeah, we kind of went through and watched um, a lot of these movies. And one of the things that was interesting is because the hero's journey was so fresh in my mind, it was like a whole new lens to watch these movies and to really kind of see that. So again, go back and watch all these movies and see where you can kind of perceive it. And also be aware that there's like these steps, but there's within these steps, there's so much room for artistic and creative expression. So it's not just like this one, two, three, four thing. Um, the director, the writer, the person writing the play, or the one who wrote the myth has a lot of room to kind of express these principles through, right? Just mm-hmm. like, you know, we could really talk about the principles we've already talked about in so many different examples, right? Because this stuff makes itself apparent in so many places. So 
you make a good point about how the subconscious is yearning for some kind of change. Right. So where we're going to see that in the character of the story when it's in regards to the hero is sometimes the hero is aware of this and is uneasy, and sometimes this hero is very comfortable in the ordinary world. Um, so what we're really going to see is like stagnation is going to be the common theme we're going to see in the ordinary world. And they're always going to, you're always going to start in their world. It's never going to start already on the adventure. You always start in their ordinary world and you see their ordinary life. And what we're really looking at is their basic patterns of meaning and existence. There's not a lot of change happening in their life. Everything's kind of constant. Again, the hero could be aware of this and be uneasy, or the hero could be really comfortable and doesn't even want to change, okay? Now, internally, what this is going to show when it says that this change is going to happen is the subconscious knows there needs to be change, right? The The spirit knows that it needs to connect with the soul. It's just like, hey, I, I'm not just a body. I'm not just a mechanism. I'm not just a machine. You can't just live this basic life forever. Um, because stagnation in terms of evolution is death, right? So that's kind of a really important thing to th- remember. Stagnation in evolution is death. In biology, if you ever look at uh, animal that's not evolving, death they're gonna they're not going to survive much longer. So stagnation, not only in the physical but in the mental and the spiritual, is always going to represent death. So really, what we're seeing is that slow death of the soul of the hero, and the soul is is kind of dying. It's not that gold, it's not becoming that golden fleece for the alchemical wedding that we spoke about that connects the spirit and the body. The soul is really just this automation robotic robotic process that's just really comfortable in its surroundings and doesn't want to make the changes, okay? Um, so there's, there's going to be some kind of spark that's going to be shot off, usually subconsciously, but in the films or whatever it is, it might not be an internal thing. It might be something that actually happens in the environment. Um, but we'll see this, you know, I mean, just kind of think about the routine of the life they kind of put us in, um, that nine to five work week, the fluorescent lights, the fast food, the fluoridated water. Um, all this is the kind of keep you very much just stagnant, right? Not really questioning anything and just kind of keeping you kind of docile. So, the hero can be very comfortable in their routine, or they could be desired for change, and change is discouraged by their society or by the individuals around them. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, but the problem is, is the stagnation for too long allows the enemies of the hero to gain strength. Now that could be, you know, an internal enemy. That could be an actual physical enemy. But either way, as long as this individual is kind of not paying attention to his subconscious. That problem is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And how many times, I mean, the idea that you can run or avoid a problem, the bigger it's going to get, okay? So again, the desire for change could be there. It just might be kind of discouraged, kind of like in The Wizard of Oz. You know, Dorothy is really trying to um, save Toto in the beginning of that book and movie. um, And all the farmhands and her aunt are just like, you know, Dorothy, like, we don't have time to deal with this. And like, Dorothy's just kind of like bored on the farm. Um, So she kind of has a desire to change. She just doesn't have a lot of direction, right? Where in like um, the movie Shrek, 
Like Shrek was totally fine living in that swamp. He's like, no, I'm doing this. This is totally fine. That's a great kind of like, no, I'm really good in my stagnation. Um, so the, the problem is the hero might be stagnant, but the enemy is not. And that's what's really important about the hero's journey because every day that hero's getting stronger, whether it's dark forces, whether it's a dark side of yourself that's left un assimilated into the proper self, um, whatever that is, that's really what's going to happen. So again, we have that ordinary world, which is kind of that first step. So that would right. kind of bring us to our second step. Yeah. The second step, which is that call, right? The knock on the door, the call to adventure. And, you know, for some, I know that the call to adventure is a lot more daunting, you know, for, for those who, as Daniel was saying, are living a comfortable life and don't want to go through a process that is necessary this it becomes a very arduous um, call at the door versus those who are feeling depleted or feel like they don't want to be stagnant want to look out for the call of adventure. So there's that there's the there's two sides to that, right? Um, but regardless, you know, going into into it with a, as an opportunity to take on the quest to find. Um, you know, that inner transformation. Right. Right. Yeah. It's like, okay, this is something I needed to do and, and, and I will take this on, um, you know, but really as, as an experience that, um, not only will change you, but will also challenge you from the very beginning because do you dare, you know? Right. I know that some people don't, they just don't want to leave that comfort. So, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. that's, that's, that's exactly it, man. It's that, it's that call to adventure. So the hero receives some sort of message that lets them know they have to embark on a journey, um, a new direction. Life is about to change. Um, sometimes the consent into this call of action is voluntary. Sometimes, though, it's actually forced, like an individual chooses for them to go on. And we'll kind of get into the mentor. But a lot of times the mentor is kind of really pushing the individual. And at this time, the individual doesn't really believe that one, they're actually the one that should go on this journey. A lot of times people are like, oh, it's, I don't think you mean me. Like, it's not me you're talking about. Um, and that's really important because that's part of the whole hero's journey. And when we really start thinking about who are these heroes in these journeys, it's not the knight, it's not a politician. I mean, again, it could be a politician, but it's always somebody small. And that's something we really want to pay attention to when when you speak to individuals and they're like, oh, well, what am I going to do about the problems in this world? They're so big. And you're like, Frodo like mm -hmm. lived in a little village. Like he had little hairy feet and was like shorter than everybody. And he's going to save the Middle Earth, right? Um, really think about like Neo was a computer hacker. Luke Skywalker, I mean, one thing you notice in the very beginning, and you kind of see it, and they'll kind of show immaturity, like, Luke Skywalker's kind of annoying. Like, he's he's kind of like a crybaby in the beginning of those movies, because yeah, he he's, like, immature. Farm, he doesn't want to... Right. Wants to go, he just um, wants to, like, go hang out with the bots and yeah. stuff. And his aunt and uncle are like, no, Luke, like, you need to get your life together, you know? But he is, like, he's just... He's kind of, like, negative and kind of whines a little bit. And it's interesting, because that's a problem that they actually replicate in the the that episode one, two, and three about his father, Anakin. He's very whiny as well. And he kind of, I think they overplayed it and like characters, the, that Star Wars community like hates Anakin Skywalker for that. But he is, he's just like supposed to be kind of whiny because it's kind of showing immaturity at this point mm -hmm. to take on anything bigger. Um, so again, sometimes the consent into that call of action is voluntary, but sometimes it's forced. Um 
And really what the hero is going to be tested on is to see if this hero or this protagonist is ready for change. So the hero is going to re- face resistance as he goes down on this journey. And again, we, again, all these archetypes we speak about, here's Saturn making itself very apparent when it comes to restrictions and boundaries. And again, this is what that story is about. Like when you talk about the play between Jupiter and Saturn, it's right p- playing out right in front of our eyes um, with the the idea of the individual trying to expand within a boundary um, and being tested by that boundary. And a lot of the times, the evil force that's waiting for them is a undisciplined Saturn, right? right. He's going to have to fight through the Mars, and we're going to kind of get into that next week when I promise we'll do Mars next. Um, he has to kind of get through the Mars and the henchman, but then he's going to face Saturn. And again, that Saturn can be a physical enemy or it could be the oppressor that's buried deep inside, right? So it's not always the tyrant on high. It always can be the the oppressor buried deep inside that we kind of have to be aware of. Um, but we also know that the consciousness of this hero is going to be transformed through these os- obstacles that the hero will face. So again, when we were talking about being grateful for Saturn, and again, this is where that's coming back up again, because it's these obstacles that are giving us the transformation to become the hero we need to be, right? Without these Saturn obstacles, right. if it's just Jupiter, we're never going to become that sovereign individual that we need to be, nor would we be able to give proper counsel or be proper fathers and mothers and serve those other archetypes that are right. going to come up, even that positive sidekick, right? How important is it to have like your best friend and your sidekick? That is so, so important. So... um so perfect. So that kind of gets us to the call of adventure, and I'll let you kind of jump in then to the uh, the next spot on the kind of the twelve hour clock of the heroes. Yeah, uh, I think journey. We, could, we could roll right into it from what you were just describing um, something that the hero's journey um, that I know that a lot of people can relate to, but that's the refusal of the call. And so you kind of were already describing that by basically, you know, once you basically seeing that the the avoidance that you're having or, or the, the lack of wanting to take the call is really coming from fear, right? Mm -hmm. It's coming from fear. It's coming from uh, uncertainty and insecurities that lie deep within you. You know, this, this call might be a new call to you. So it's in our nature to sort of refuse that, which is going to be difficult and which is going to be unknown and which is going to also lie within all of our darkest and most, um, complex thoughts of the situation that is about to arise. Right. 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 So where do I go from here? Yeah. Yeah. No, that refusal of the call. Um, uh, and again, yeah, too, rarely does the hero actually commit wholeheartedly to the adventure. So the hero is always going to kind of fight against the call. Um, you know, when we break down the Star Wars, this is, you see this with Luke when he kind of returns, but the hero is always kind of just like, I don't really want to go on this journey. Um, they have self doubt. There's that idea of why me? Um, and that pretty much the guardian of our own gate. Um, do we cross that line or do we stay in our own line? Like, do we cross into that, that new world um, that's unfamiliar or do we stay in the ordinary? Um, and again, sometimes the refusal of the call isn't going to be the own individual. It could be the society, um, you know, the idea of where we kind of see in our own lives is like the refusal to the call will be like, well, I can't really quit my job to pursue this. Um, I need to have money. Or maybe the re- their social religion is holding in there, their social standing. Mm-hmm. Maybe family is holding them back from this hero's journey. 
government, police. There could be actually a physical guard holding you back from this physical journey. Um, so it could be a physical thing, but it also could be that internal struggle. You know, maybe self-doubt is holding us back, like we were just talking about with fear, negative past experiences, trauma in the subconscious, okay? That ego defending its actions of how it has carried itself its entire life, right? Because the ego, that untrained ego... Um, always kind of defends itself because it gets offended very easily to be like, how do you, how, why would you say we could do better? Like, this is fine. We're doing great. Like, look at our car. Look at this. Like, you don't need to go on any journey. Like we just need to go paid. Right. So, um, we're going to kind of see that aspect as well. Um, so what we're going to see kind of with this refusal of the call though, is, you know, it's just going to be kind of like in our life when we refuse to recognize something. So you're always going to have those subtle wake up calls. And then sooner or later, it's going to feel like a sledgehammer, right? right? So you can avoid your problems and you can run from your problems, but you only make them bigger and stronger. Just like how that enemy grows when you're just staying in that ordinary world. This is another analogy of the dragon, right? The dragon starts off as this little lizard um, and you decide just to kind of keep it in the basement or the dungeon because um, you don't know what to do with it. And you're like, oh, I'll just deal with that later. But the problem is, is when you start checking on that dungeon, that that lizard has turned into a dragon and now it's breathing fire and now it's angry. And now you have a much bigger problem on your hands and you're just like going up the stairs just to kind of avoid it because it's coming out of the dungeon. So really this idea of how do we, this process of like, there's no return at this point. So there's really no going back. We have to kind of start facing this dragon and that's going to kind of bring us on into the next part that we're kind of looking into, which would be kind of the fourth step. Yeah. Meeting the mentor, you know, right. And this is, this is my favorite in the journey just because I personally have had a lot of experiences with this and, uh, you know, in, in meeting the mentor, um, you know, it's necessary to have someone guide you for what is needed for the transformation to occur uh, from within. And you'll see this in a lot of the stories. And I know we'll have some more examples, but, you know, that will give us inspiration to better face our fear uh, or something that will allow us to be more courageous to go into that dark cave and to right. go further than we thought we could, right? right? Yeah, yeah, no. And and absolutely, that mentor is really going to be the first time that um, beyond that hero archetype, but that's going to be the first really archetype that we're going to see that's going to kind of help us guide us on our journey. And again, there that mother aspect and that father aspect has already kind of probably been introduced um, and is pretty strong in the individual. So we have that archetype. But again, an archetype, because I really didn't like the original definition I gave it, and I just kind of found a better definition in my notes. It's a primordial encapsulation that's kind of the seed of consciousness. So it's like the seed of this essence of what that is. So again, a lot of times the mentor is going to be what you would call like an alchemist, um, a wizard. Um, you know, he plays, we have a couple different mentors in the Star Wars story. Again, I don't want to give away Star Wars because we're going to do a whole movie on it. I so know. I got to start thinking. But in the Matrix, this would be Morpheus, right? So not only do they, mentor comes from mente, which is mind in Greek, um, 
that really is kind of like the training of the mind. And again, when we were talking about the the whole how the brain works, this is really kind of that training of that limb. Uh, the um, I'm sorry, the R complex, right? You know, physically training, getting them physically ready for the fight, um, and really this that almost that male aspect that they're going to be going for. Because a lot of times, what they're going to be kind of looking for is that the other side, that female aspect is usually going to be kind of the love interest. And that's going to open up the heart chakra and really open up that right side of the brain and the limbic system. So what we're really looking at right now is really much the the discipline of that left side of the brain and that R complex. And that's where that mentor is going to kind of come in. But the mentor can play so many different forms. And the mentor could also be, um, you know, like we saw in the... Um, in the last Batman trilogy that came out, the mentor ended up being the enemy at the end, right? So sometimes that mentor is almost like the shadow as well and becomes the shadow and yeah, they have we'll to face say. off against it, you know? So that's also a kind of, the, you know, again, we're going to see duality here. Again, all these hermetic principles that we talk about, of course, they're going to make themselves apparent in the oldest in story, the story of civilization, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that... That mentor is really going to be one of those big, large archetypes. And again, this is, especially for any individual that's studying occultism, studying character development, you will be an alchemist mentor for some individual. Like, we need you to be. Like, it's not really like you have a choice. And that's, again, you don't have a choice in any of this matter. Like, the hero's journey is going to happen whether you refuse the call and avoid it or you take that journey on. The opportunity to mentor younger individuals, or it doesn't even have to be younger individuals, you know, if they maybe just aren't aware of this information, age doesn't really have a parameter in this situation. It's knowledge and insight and wisdom that kind of reigns supreme. So if you have this information and you're a balanced individual and you have, you're continuing to climb that ladder of this hero's journey and go through that cycle, you will be a mentor of light rather than a mentor of darkness. Because again, you can you can get like both of them. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Um, and, and again, I, I, I love, I mean, we're going into this order. So that way, when you follow um, with Joseph Campbell's uh, diagram of these 12 steps, number five goes right into what Daniel's saying, which is crossing the threshold. All right. So really, you've already begun the work into the unconscious. Yeah. You, you have crossed that line and the perspective has, has now changed. And, um, you know, it's really like the point of no return, right? Right, right. And a lot of times the physically, the home has actually been destroyed. Like you physically can't go home, right? And we're going to see that aspect too. In the Matrix, we're going to see it. This is when Neo accepts the red pill, right? Morpheus gives him a choice. He's like, I can give you the blue pill and you can return back to your ordinary world or you can take this red pill and you can dive deeper down this rabbit hole and see how deep it actually goes. And that's it. That's the point of no return. Like he actually starts to see the matrix. He's starting to perceive beyond that. So what this really is, is like, you can't go home because the fate of the world relies on your journey. And it, it actually does. And again, like, we're like, oh, I'm never going to go on a journey like um, in these movies that they talk about. But Again, when we talk about every time you complete this journey, you raise the consciousness. And what do we need to do right now is elevate our consciousness and elevate our vibration and our frequency. So it is this, it's the same dire stack of chips that are on the table right Right. now. And it's very, very important. So um, this is the point of no return, whether the home has been destroyed or life as we know it will cease to exist if you are not successful on this mission. Right. Okay? And this is the incorporating the self. So when we look back on that psychological aspect, like 
once you open up your subconscious and you start going down there, you have to incorporate that shadow self into you. You have to train it. You have to become disciplined with it. And you have to learn its strengths to kind of incorporate that into you to kind of more develop your character. But if you just let that kind of, if you just open that Pandora's box and just let it go, that's when you kind of are ruled by your dark side. Right. 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 And that's that's why in moving into the next step, number six, which is the tests, right? The tests right. that are becoming the allies and the enemies that that follow with with knowing this. So as Daniel said, going into um going to the bottom of that of that pit or the subconscious as a metaphor for the iceberg that we've talked about before, learning how to study that uh of what you know that lies beneath. Um, will definitely help you along the way when you do meet these oppositions. And in these oppositions, again, it could be tests, could be uh, enemies. And, and you'll also, you'll learn true friendship along that way as well, because you'll know that duality that you just spoke about. You'll see it a lot more clear than you ever have before. Right. Yeah. And like, let me quote my favorite boho t-shirt right here. Your vibe attracts your tribe. But it's so true in this situation because you know, when you're going on these tests and you said you talked about your enemies and your allies, um, you are, you're going to be tested by your enemies at this point. So this is really when the groups and there's some kind of group that is formed. So again, you know, even if it's the individual on a mental journey and it's internal to themselves, they're starting to put the pieces together of as I think, so I feel, and so I act. So they have their, they're pulling their complete self at least slowly together. But again, this is like in Matrix when they kind of start forming the teams. This is when you get that sidekick to kind of continue this journey with some kind of support system. Um, and what this is going to represent to us is our community, right? right? This is your community so we can actually organize, so we can actually compete against the dark forces that are at play. Yeah. Um, so again, like, you know, the tests are going to come in and the test initially, we're really going to meet a lot of challenges because right. we're, we're not ready for this. Okay. So this is, again, when you look at Wizard of Oz and if we're definitely going to break down Wizard of Oz because it's such an important movie. But again, that was very much an internal situation happening inside Dorothy. Like we don't know if Dorothy actually physically goes to Oz because she just wakes up after that tornado and she's back in black and white land. She's a different individual. But that was that whole movie is about her getting her thoughts, which is the scarecrow, the tin man, her heart, and the lion all in alignment so she can face her fears, which is the wicked witch of the West. Um, so again, that tribe in your community could be a physical community that's actually, that we're created, that we are a part of, and we are so honored to be involved in your community. Um, and it's the best honor in the world, but also that internal community of your thought, your emotion, your action, that male and female aspect of yourself, right? Ruling from that neocortex and really, really understanding yourself as a full sovereign individual with all aspects of consciousness being woken up because you are about to get tested and the, the tests are going to be hard, They're right? They're very hard. They're very hard. Yeah, I know that the tests, um, you know, they will also prepare you um, to cope and deal with um, or deal with the struggles of the future. Yeah. And and most importantly for the seventh of these, which is the approach, right? So the approach is not easy, right? It is a difficult task. And something that I, I took from uh, one of the Harry Potter movies when I guess in this case, Harry Potter's mentor would be Dumbledore, but he says to Harry Potter during his journey already that we've seen through these movies, but he says, now is the time to know the difference between what is right and what comes easy. 
Okay, so the approach is not an easy one. It's meant to be difficult. It's meant to um, take us darker than we've, or to a place that is darker than we've ever allowed ourselves to go to, you know, really approach the inner conflict. And, and I, like I said, it's not an easy task. Right. Yeah. No, and it's not an easy task. And, and again, it's, it's always like a physical journey and there's actually like, they actually have to travel some kind of place, you know, and Wizard of Oz, it's that yellow brick road. Um, but there's some kind of transformation that kind of happens and there's some kind of lead up to, this is like where the climax is really starting to pick up. We're starting to yeah. almost feel the heartbeat of the character. Um, and this is really a great time for you to kind of realize that, you know, we are not separate from this character. The character that's in your screen or that character in your book is a reflection of yourself. And right. this is the journey is really like reliable to like the journey that we're on right now. And it's just, there's so much correlations in that aspect of it. But again, there's some kind of traveling. There's some kind of approach to the fact that we are making a free will decision now to face this problem. So that refusal is gone. We've got our community. We're empowered. We've had some tests, but now we're we're approaching. Whether we know we're ready or not, the individual that was very unconfident is getting a little bit more confident, right? We're we're starting not to believe. But to know that there's no going back and we're going to make a free will decision that even this is the end of me, I need to face whatever challenge is in front of me. So it's that acceptance, really that acceptance of pushing your feet left, right, left, right to make that approach, which is um, a daunting task. And you have to kind of give the character um, credit for making that approach. And, you know, how often do we kind of like get our community and then kind of get a little docile and stagnant, you know, and just be like... Oh, you know, but I got all my friends around me. Like, right, do we have right. to go to Oz? It's like, no, if, if you want to make it back home, you know what this journey is all about. Yeah, you, you got to keep going. You got to keep going, which again is is a daunting task because you know what's coming. And yeah. and what's coming is the eighth of of these um the, these steps here, which is the ordeal, right? The death and the rebirth. Right. Okay. And, and the actual event that will change everything, you know, uh, this is what you'll find the hero hitting, um, you know, rock bottom or falling into the pit in order to come out a new person. Right. Right. Yep. So, um, and again, this is where you're going to often see either, like Eddie said, rock bottom, or we're actually going to see a physical resurrection, right? Where the character actually dies and is reborn anew. Okay. And now, Again, you've seen this in mythologies, you've seen this in religious sacred text, you're going to see this in so many movies, but there's some kind of rebirth that happens. The, we thought that it's like, it's the end of the line, we think the hero is going to fail, and then they overcome, and a lot of times they overcome with either a tool that the mentor provided them, or a skill set, and it's usually a thought process that's really going to help them overpower and almost outsmart the enemy. You know, mm-hmm. usually even if it's in a physical battle, it's a unique move, or it's not rarely just like he starts just to overpower right. the enemy. It's he starts to outthink the enemy. He's got it's a higher perspective, and that's what kind of that's all about. You know, and again, that's that's very important. And you know, also one of the things too in the approach that I wanted to speak about is. Um, a lot of times, and I forgot this process, but it's very unique. Um, the hero has to wear the skin of the enemy 
on that approach sometimes. And sometimes they kind of hide themselves and come in camouflage. And that has like a really esoteric significance as well as almost play in the part to change the system from within. And again, I think that people can use that as like an excuse to kind of stay in a system and they're like, oh, I'm trying to change it from within. But that idea of kind of using their skills against them to kind of get something done. And we kind of spoke about that a lot in the podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, like they give us an energy where well, we need just to invert that energy and send it back, get into that cause rather than living in the effect. Um, but that's just to kind of touch on the approach because we missed it. But the, again, this rebirth that is so common in so many different um, sacred texts and in movies, and we've seen the characters. I mean, even again, Harry Potter has a rebirth. Neo in the Matrix is going to have a rebirth. There's always just some kind of re-enlightenment within the character and it's it's very important absolutely no i'm I'm glad you you kind of explained a little bit more about um the idea within the approach right so so within the approach and then uh, of course all of these are going to coincide it's not that they're all laid out separately from their 12 steps they're all sort of the manifestation of the one prior and sort of all blending into one right and and that being said moving into the reward Okay, so the reward is number nine in this. And as Daniel said, you know, going through the ordeal and and facing that challenge, it's not so much that you bluntly kill or face the problem in a way that you thought would be just very basic, but you have elevated your thought process to outsmart or outwit the situation, which is that what I would call the elixir, right? So that is the the form of, of... or the beginning of this healing process, this idea that you can carry now um, that you realize um, you have now gained a better perspective that will help you um, in your journey, but also the journey in the world, you right. know, as far as showing others how to reach that same kind of higher thinking. Right? right. Yeah, no, that's perfect. So that reward is the reward is really just going through the darkness and coming out in the light, um, being a better perspective. And again, this is such a, a psychological, spiritual process of, you know, going in, facing your own darkness and illuminating the situation so you can have more light and see causal effectors, factors in your own brain, right? When they talk about illumination, illumination is just a light up. And that's literally what you're talking about when you're illuminated. You're just lighting up more aspects of your brain so you have a better understanding of the causal factors of why you think the things you feel, how you think the things you feel why you feel the things you feel and how you act, right? It's just a better understanding of the self. So really this through the darkness to come out the light, which is, again, the most important thing. And it's what we want to kind of overcome in not only our personal lives, but what we want to see manifest in the world. Um, But that reward of getting that reward for the challenge and the obstacles that you just went and again, sometimes it could be a physical thing, but even that physical thing is going to represent an internal truth, an internal growth, a development in character, a raise in consciousness, a raise in vibration, and a raise in frequency. Um, and really to claim your own inner resources and not just become the, you know, um, almost like not just blame it on the dread. No, this is a great time for the individual not to feel sorry for themselves. They become the victim, right? right. They're moving right. away from victimhood is what the word I was trying to look for. So, you know, claiming your own inner resources and not just becoming a victim of the dragon. Um, so this is how we do it. This is how we kind of get back home. So they push through the scariest thing you can ever imagine 
to get beyond that and to be able to see light and get a better perspective. And again, we we study, we know what's going on in this world, and we know the stuff we are going to have to face, not only internally, but also externally in our physical five-cent construct. It will be the scariest thing we could ever imagine. The stuff that's happening right now is the scariest stuff we could ever imagine. Like You don't even want to believe it, uh, but you know it's true, and you know that the only way we're going to really defeat that and overcome that is going to be from darkness into light. Um because if we know ourselves, then we can go beyond the limits of our own possibilities, right? We Again, we will push those barriers of Saturn, expand them with Jupiter, and really push and manifest what we wanted to create in this world. So um, again, we've been tested, we've been challenged, and now we have a reward. And um, you know, a lot of times, the reward was always there for us, but we almost had to uncover it. But again, we're bringing some kind of thing back, whether it's character development or yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, and I really like how you keep bringing up the fact that whether we we were or not aware of gaining that, once we do have it, the the job isn't done yet, which moves into, you know, the step which is the road back, right? So right. now we're really going to have to face a lot of the same things we faced once before on the way there, and our return we're going to have to use what we gained to face the same on the way back. Now, these challenges will be, um, you know, all kinds of threats in the, in the hero's journey. Um, but we realize that it, it, this is when we realize the journey is not over, right? Uh, there still may be um, something major to, to be faced. Yeah. And again, as Daniel's saying, once we know um, what the reward was as far as the face prior to this one, um, taking that and using that on the return is what's going to go ahead and aid you to make sure you make it all the way back. And right. remember, we talked about this being cyclical, so we're on our way back here. Um, but yeah, I mean, the road back. Yep, yep, yeah. And that road back is, again, like Eddie just said, so important because the thing is, is we have to bring this reward back for our own community, right? Again, and that could be our own internal selves, but it could actually be our physical community. But we have to bring whatever this reward is back to be able to share it with our community to raise the consciousness, okay? And this is why the movies never end just right when the bad guy is defeated, right? There's always still like 20 minutes left of the movie, and that's the return back, the re kind of the individual going back to its own experience and kind of reconnecting to the person it was. But again, this this individual is coming back a different individual. He's raised in character, consciousness, and vibration. Right, right, which blends right into to 11, which is the resurrection. Right. Right, so, so it's definitely not over yet. This is the challenge that our hero is going to meet, which is the peak of its challenges, and he must face it with all the knowledge he has gained. Yeah, and I think really where, um, you know, because where that resurrection happens, when it happens in this 11th spot, I think it's a um, really a self-reflection of the individual really starting to understand what he's gone through. Right. So, you know, that resurrection could happen in that final battle scene, or it can actually happen in the journey home when the individual actually has time to reflect on the experience that they just went through and actually start really starting to look at the waves that were collapsed and everything that was held up against them. Um, again, this rebirth could happen because maybe one of the individuals, like the sidekick, maybe doesn't make it through that last battle. And the last message that that sidekick is either left to them, maybe it's a note they find, or maybe it's the last words of the sidekick, again, give that new kind of life. 
you know, um, because the, that physical ordeal is over. So we sometimes we see that resurrection um, during that battle scene, but sometimes we see it as just the the reflection and that transformational pattern recognition of the character to grow into the character that we want it to be. Not just having a physical reward, right. but realizing if it was a physical reward, that there was something bigger that came from this. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, and that to jump into the final, right? The final step, which is the return home, yeah. you know, and taking all of that the hero has acquired, all the knowledge that they've acquired during their struggle, during their um, uphill battle, you know, to bring back to a new octave, to that higher vibration. So things will start over again in the cyclical um, phase, but now they will be at a different vibration, a higher vibration. So our hero may go back to what once was the life they had before this journey, but they will never be the same. Right. Yeah, absolutely. They return back and you might be back in that ordinary world. If you were a farmer, when this journey started, you might be a farmer again, but again, you're never, you're never the same after this. You're always a different individual. And you know, this, this is kind of a learning process too, because your community might've not gone on that journey with you. Okay. Remember Dorothy goes from black and white to color to back in black and white, but she's seen in color. And then she has to wake up into a community that still sees in black and white and lives in black and white. And that's going to be a, a challenging topic and a challenging aspect of her life moving forward. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you incorporate maybe the spiritual experiences? And we know this from, you know, one, a spiritual experience we've had, or two, maybe like, you know, we've done like, had like a psychedelic experience. You do that on a Saturday and then you have to go to work on Monday and you're just like laughing because you've just like totally separated yourself from the world. And then you're going back to the nine and five and like, the guy at the water cooler is like trying to talk to you about like a baseball game or a football game. And like, you're just like, man, like you have no idea what I've seen this past weekend. Right. Right. Um, So, you know, again, and I'm not saying that mushrooms are the end all to spiritual experience, but I do think that they can kind of add to it. You know, it it could be a tool that you use to help kind of enhance spirituality. Um, But again, all tools can be uh, misused, and we know that for sure. But that's like the best example that I can kind of think of in my own physical life. Um, Or the first time I had a spiritual experience, I remember I was teaching. um, And prior to this experience, I was a non-religious, I was very five-sense orientated. I kind of, I prayed by the um, the altar of modern science, which is kind of actually an older version of science. Science was kind of my religion. Um, and science, and I, I would say probably money was kind of my religion. So the first time I had a spiritual experience, I remember I had to go back into the classroom and it was just like, it was like I saw in color for the first time and I was back in black and white and it was a mind blowing experience. Um, and it kind of, it, again, it changes you, but you have to kind of learn how to, okay, you like, how do I not so much incorporate myself back in, but how do I withhold what I just went through and carry that into this black and white world and still stay true to myself who I just actually met? I mean, that's the same thing that Dorothy's going to do. Right. Um, so again, that return, again, you want to be able to raise up that community you're around but it's not going to be an overnight thing because they didn't go on that journey with you. Exactly. Right. No, and that's, thanks for sharing. Cause that, that is very true. I mean, we, we all, I'm sure all our listeners can 
attest to this, but everyone's going to go through their, their hero's journey. We all know, and I'm sure as you're listening, you're thinking of, of those moments that happen in your life. I know for me, uh, personally, my experiences came, um, unsolicited, you know, the knock at the door always comes unsolicited or it comes, um, without warning. And for me, it was losing my father when I was 16 and and actually Daniel was there, but I had to make a a clear choice as to how I was going to live my life. Um, from that moment forward. And before I can make that decision, one of the most powerful things that happened that I consider the moment of encountering my mentor was my own mother. So when I found out my father was going to pass, my brother was nine, nine or 10, and I was 16. And she took it upon herself to let us know my mother was a school teacher for, for about, I think a little over 20 years. And she just came with just a very fierce approach to say, you know, we will be fine. Not that we're, we we may be okay. No, she just said it with very, a very confident tone that not only will we be fine, but she was also about to embark into her second degree, which is going into nursing. And that's all I needed to hear in order to be inspired by her um, ability to not dwell in the situation that was happening to my family, but also overcome it in that instant. So there was no break in between. There was no gray area. She just kind of went full force. And this is why I still tell her to this day, you know, um, I wouldn't be half the man I am if it wasn't for you. And it's because she didn't tell me what to do. She just did what she needed to do. And that was what I needed to see in order to then um, take myself uh, to a place of understanding, okay, what's my role in this? And how do I approach this? And how do I overcome this? And again, the decisions, especially for someone in high school, um, they're so, they're so difficult to decipher because there's so many peers and there's so many people, um, that, uh, you know, are involved in your life. But I, I did a good job at sort of leaning into what my heart would tell me. Um, and, and in this case, you know, whether it was teachers or whether it was, um, my friend's parents, you know, everyone had advice to give, but the advice that I took from anyone who approached me was one that only had enough room to touch on my heartstrings because it was very easy to sort of get confused or be bitter or be closed off to um, a way of approaching life without it turning into something um, unnecessarily dark, I suppose. And again, back to um, and a lot of the stories you'll see, you know, my mother did what she needed to do. And that was the example I needed to follow. And that helped me, you know, again, go within my own journey. You know, we, we, we were no longer, we were still a family, but we were no longer in a position where I could say, well, you'll take care of that. And I'll just follow your lead. No, I really had to take care of what I needed to do. And, and from that day on, um, I've always had repeated situations happen to me, uh, personally, which will happen in this hero's journey again, where, you have to answer the call. But every call after that, I knew why it was coming and I knew how I needed to approach it, even if it was difficult and there was the the need to say again, is this is happening again? And that that's a hard, um, I guess, pill to swallow is that you realize that life is gonna continue to have um, these, um, these challenges that it will present to you. But once you've been through one of these journeys, Remember, on your way back, when you make this return, you return with that elixir. And and you don't want to take that for granted because you will be able to apply it to the next journey and the journey after that. And also the archetype you're going to play in someone else's story. 
And I have a, a million stories I can give you and examples where I've had to help either friends or loved ones um, in their own journey, not by telling them what to do, but doing exactly what I described my mother doing is they saw me take an approach to a situation and go my own way with that. And that was all they needed to see in order to have the map or the guided process, I suppose. So, um, so yeah, I mean, yeah. that's, that's uh, one of many, right? Yeah, no, awesome. And I love how you brought up the idea of, um, you know, our actions do speak louder than our words. Um, and really, if you want to be a great example, just live the life of truth, you know, as I think, so I feel, so I act. And you will become that mentor to even strangers, right? Because how you carry yourself. So I just, I love that you shared that about your mom. Cause I mean, I remember that experience and it was, it was so amazing to see, you know, your mom taking that terrible event, um, you know, grieving and everything, but transforming herself and not getting stuff can really building up her character and coming out the other side, the person your father would have wanted her to be, Exactly. you know, and that's, the best thing we can do to our loved ones and for the people that pass on is just, you know, how do I keep working at myself and be better? Because right. the last thing your dad would want to see is your, your mom struggling or you guys struggling. You become, you know, from her actions in that aspect, she's now made two, you know, sovereign individual boys that are men now. And that's exactly what a mother is wants to do. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, um, yeah. And then also, you know, how do we, um, you talk about using that elixir of the past time and how do we become optimistic, you know, when these challenges and when these call to action come and remember always soul over circumstance, your free will decision. You don't really can control all the events that happen in your life, but you can control what and how you react to those events. And that's kind of where we really want to come from. Right. And, you know, don't re just ignore that call because the enemy gets stronger. So hear that call when it's calling. Um, and again, we talked about last week, we're really in the first time we've ever seen a, a global call to action, right? That this whole lockdown, this whole situation is really what we were talking about 2020 last week is, is that call to action. So everybody's phone is ringing right now. So we all need to pick up and take that journey. Um, and you have to pick your side in that situation, right? There's kind of like a draft right now in the spiritual world, 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 world and it's a spiritual war. Um, and you are getting drafted on one side or the other. And your choice to be drafted isn't a question, but what side you play on. You know, are you going to be in love, truth, and prosperity? Or are you going to be on the side of fear and tyranny? Right. You know, and it's your own free will decision that does that. So we tip our hats to you because we know what side you're going to join. And uh, we look forward to seeing you on this hero's journey together. Absolutely. Right. Well said. And that being said, until next time. I think until next time. All right. <laughs>